This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. This is the beginning of the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, episode Salmon River, New York, November 2018. It's the first week of November, and I'm preparing for a trip soon. This podcast is sponsored by Ayobayo Biltong, A-Y-O-B-A-Y-O.com. We've got a little care package to keep us fueled on the river where food equals fuel and fuel equals body warmth. It's going to be cold and snowing up there next week i just hope the temperatures stay above freezing i'm okay with the cold i just don't want to deal with frozen guides all day long it also makes eating and drinking a little more difficult this is going to be the first major fishing trip in the xterra it's cleaned out and it will be packed on friday afternoon before i head up after rush hour i'll probably plan on sleeping somewhere around the Cortland area if I make it that far again and then I will drive up on Saturday morning and wet a line as soon as possible. The leaves here finally started changing almost the day after Halloween so November 1 and we had two rainstorms in the past five days with about two plus inches of rain each 
So all of our water here is high, muddy, and stained with the tannins from the leaves. So not much going on here. So I'm mostly thinking about my trip to New York. I've been packing my gear, been looking for items of clothing that I utilize in my layering system. I have certain shirts that go in order per day based on just the warmth, base layer, mid layer, heavyweight, top and bottom. I've also had to look for and track down hats and gloves, buffs, net gaiters, face masks, etc. Just in case the weather really turns bad up there, I'm going to be prepared. I've also organized my absurdly large mobile tying unit studio in one storage bin. I really only plan on fishing five or six patterns up there, but I have all this stuff just in case someone in the group doesn't have the material. And again, I just don't want to have to go to the store and buy something that I already have down here. So better bring it with me and have it than have to go out and purchase it. I also decided to turn my bacon fly into an intruder. I plan on fishing more black patterns streamer-wise this year. So I'm going to be throwing that probably as my first pattern just for fun. I also got my large arbor with my 500 plus grain Skagit head on there repaired. Last year, I had some issues when I was fighting fish that the arbor and reel were rubbing against each other. I would love to have some nice new modern reels. My old ones still work, and they're banged up and dinged, but the fish are the same. They haven't gotten any stronger or wiser. They're the same fish I've been casting to with the same reels for several decades. I've also got my propane heater that I will use in the car before bed to warm up the car, and I'll also have it on the riverbank to warm up our fingers and hands while we're taking breaks on the river. While we're on the river, I've been cooking a lot, and I have prepared some nice meals. I have Julia Child's potato and leek soup frozen in containers. I have spicy, sticky Mongolian beef stew. And I also have some red Thai curry that I've also frozen. And we can just pop these out and warm them up in our pots and pans. And then hopefully have some crusty bread from Scott to sop it all up. I just finished tightening up all the studs on my corkers Soles, if you don't tighten those, you're going to lose your spikes. I learned that hard last year when we are sitting on the riverbank, and I was like, oh, look, somebody lost some screws from their shoes. And we got back to the lodge, and I realized those were mine. So now if I see those by anybody, I'm going to pick them up just in case I lose mine. Now, last night, I had a little idea. You know, the mop fly has never spoken to me in any manner. It looks cool when it's wet, but... There's not much you can do to it. So I thought, what if you just take it and tie down the nub end to a hook and make an egg? And sure enough, now I don't know if I can take credit for this. I've Googled it. I've looked on social media. The mop fly egg on a size 14 or 16 curved scud hook, preferably 2X strong. We're going to see how those fish up there. I've got a bunch of hand-me-down girl clothes and costumes and some butternut squash for producer Jason. I've also got a bottle of dry fly whiskey to keep me warm at night. And that's about it. Everything's pretty much ready to go. I've got the sleeping bags ready for the car. I've got my music ready to listen to. And I've got my GoPro charging, which I haven't used in years. Like I said, I do plan on shooting a movie up there. So that's it. I'll check in with y'all from the stream. And if you haven't checked out Ayobayo by the end of this intro, why don't you go check it out now? 
I'm going to catch up with you on the river. It's around 7.54 on Friday night. The drive up was fairly easy. I'd say it was easy until it started snowing. I left D.C. at 9.30. I should say Northern Virginia. Crossed into Maryland, then up into Pennsylvania. It was raining pretty hard the entire way until right over the border into New York is when the snow started sticking. Good morning. It's Sunday, the 11th of November. It's Armistice Day. And we had some, some good times. It, there are no fish landed yet. The greatest memory of this trip will be watching a trampoline blow away in 60-mile-an-hour gusts and landing in a swimming pool. And we did not get it on film. So you just have to trust me that that was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. So I'm in the back of the Xterra. It is quite cozy in here with the zero degree and 32 degree bags. I got a nice pillow and I'm all stretched out. I'm just waiting for things to warm up a bit before I go up and fish. The drive up here was pretty darn easy. Nothing really happened until all of that rain and Pennsylvania turned to snow and there was about an hour and a half of pretty slow treacherous driving with little compact cars spun off the road and in the ditch. So I got up here around four o'clock, filled up the tank, went and checked out some of the shops that are all right around the exit of 81, went over to Aldi to get a baguette and some chips and a Gatorade. And then I found myself at Arby's getting a gyro. Not bad for a fast food gyro. It's better than some of the restaurant gyros I've eaten in my time. And then I pulled up to the Super 8 parking lot and went to bed for the night and had strong pitter powder of rain against the roof that put me to sleep. I got a good night's sleep. When I woke, Holt was here. He drove up a suicide run early in the morning. And he had to get some work done, so I went ahead and went up river, parked, and the spot I'd been looking at for years had about eight guys in it. There was a group of Trout Unlimited people. I'm not sure where they were from, but they didn't look too pleased, and as they started getting out and just standing around the shore and just chatting, I worked my way in. I wasn't just going to go down and bust a spot between these guys who had been there all morning. So once they started coming out, they are like, go for it. And I started swinging my black intruder. I started bottom bouncing some sucker spawn. I pretty much threw everything at them and nothing. Even the, the guys fishing there, the reason they were out of the water is because nothing was really biting. And the forecast was for Three to five inches of snow and 60 mile an hour gusts. So the wind was picking up all day, blowing leaves into the water. So you get a lot of false bites. And I fished for about 40 minutes after they all left. And I just, nothing was going on. So I figured I could waste my time there or go try another spot. I had a beautiful bend in the river, a big, deep hole, and some rocks and trees for structure. It's just really good water, just nothing was hanging out there. So I packed up, went up river and fished a spot that we fished a couple years ago. 
bottom bounced, swung flies through there, and absolutely nothing. I ended up losing probably a dozen or more flies yesterday. I guess in the long run, you can consider that littering. Not a litter bug, but I don't like breaking stuff off in the river. You know, every now and then you hook a big massive monofilament and pull it out and try and pack all that garbage out with you. And then I called it once the winds were just numbing my face and fingertips and the temperature dropped below freezing on my walk out. My net I used as a waiting staff and it froze vertically in the air. So I called it around 3 o'clock yesterday, 2.30 to 3, and went down to Holt's hotel room, and we hung out, and they have the old school TVs, the big ones. So we watched a little college football. The Ohio State game was not on. So one thing I, I get upset about coming up here is Ohio State games in our house are a big thing. We usually do some entertaining entertainings we do some cooking we have people over or it's just the three of us and the schnauzer so i'm missing two games with the family but we have the michigan game after thanksgiving so we hung out down there dirty bill showed up we got some funny stories so the three of us just laughed and then at one point you know i I was like that trampoline is gonna blow away have you seen the viral video of one just a guy's filming out his window and one rolls down the street and they're like no and then about 20 minutes later, it just gets lift off and it just blows. It just rolls down a field, pops over a fence and lands in a pool. Absolutely hysterical. And now there's video of me earlier running and jumping on it in the snow to see if I could get all that snow to fly up in the air. It wasn't as successful. It was basically just a giant ice patch. So like I said, it's Sunday morning now. I've got, uh, I think I'm going to eat potato leek soup today. We had beef stew and Thai red curry for dinner in the hotel room. And today I think we're going to have uh, some hot soup. So I've got the stove. I've got my gear bag ready to go. And I'm going to go drive up river and gear up. And then uh, we will all convene at the lodge. I don't know if Holt's got work to do or what he's doing with his dog. If he's going to drop him off at the lodge. And I'm going to fish hard today. And then starting tomorrow, we're going to start fishing with some friends up here. So hopefully we're going to get up early, go camp out some spots, and just fish sunrise to sunset the next couple of days. I would love to hook into some steelhead. I'd love to see some fish other than a couple crusty mud sharks swimming through. And I'll be happy as long as the temperature is a little bit above freezing. I just don't want to deal with icy guides. It's another reason I swing flies is you don't have to deal with all the ice in your guides. I've been fishing a 11-foot, 6-weight Deer Creek TFO switch rod with an old loop reel. And then on my other rod, I've got a 350 depth charge and an intruder. It's an old Reddington rod where all of the actual coating is peeling off. And it's got a 1999 Orvis Vortex reel. So fishing the old stuff, it's fun. They're loud. They're not the best reels, but they get the job done. So I'm going to go upriver, layer up, and go do a little bit of hiking and get away from the crowds. There's one thing I like about fishing up on these parts of the river is there's no cell service. So I'm, I'm not getting texts. My phone's not buzzing. But then again, you can't contact people. But the more you walk, 
the fewer jabronis you find on the river and you can get it to yourself. I just don't like having to hear strangers' conversations and inside jokes and them yucking it up. I just want to hear the river, the seagulls, and the wind in the trees. Hopefully my real screaming. Do you hear that? It's just me in the water. Let me get you caught up. It's about 1140. I pulled into the parking lot at the lower fly zone and walked up here. It took 26 minutes. The net was getting caught on everything. And my rods, which were strung up, were getting caught on everything as well. And right when I crossed the water to get up here and put my stuff down, I tightened all the rods and lines together. And then by the time I walked another 150 feet, the top half of my 10-foot Reddington popped off. The leader broke, and I backtracked with no luck. It's kind of hard to find a copper brown five-foot piece of thin graphite in woods where everything is brown and thin. So I got up here, and there's two guys below me, a couple of seagulls, and I lose my blood's dot, so I tie in an orange sucker spawn. Remember last night, Dirty Bill was saying, throw orange. Second cast, I hook up. Before I figured out what to do, I I should say the fish broke the line. I was 10-pound Berkeley Vanish. I came back over here to reset up my rig, and I'm fishing 1X right now. And nothing else has happened. I've been swinging streamers, bottom bouncing eggs, swinging pheasant tails through. Not much is going on. Luckily, the weather's not too bad. I just have my knit hat for my neighbor, and I got enough layers on. I'm not wearing a jacket or gloves. My goal was to fish until noon and make some hot soup, but I got a little hungry. So I turned on that stove, and I lit it up. And I boiled that potato leek soup down and added some baguette chunks and probably had the best shore lunch I've had in a long time. Now, here's the recipe for the soup. Take a bunch of leeks and put them through your food processor. I prefer to get my leeks from Safeway. And then you cook them down in some bacon fat. From there, I will take an entire bag of Safeway brand Yukon Gold potatoes. They're the only store near us that sells Yukon Gold. And they have the best leeks, so I know exactly what store to go to to get my ingredients. So I add the potatoes peeled and chopped up into one-inch chunks together and sweat it all down a little bit in the bacon grease. I will cover all of it with chicken stock. Add about two to three heaping tablespoons of chicken base, a little bit of butter, salt and pepper, and maybe the wind's picking up a little bit of powdered chicken bouillon cover simmer after it's come to a boil simmer for about 40 minutes and then immersion blender it for about five and then i scooped them out into these individual olive bar containers from wegmans and froze them and that lunch was pretty awesome i forgot to tell you i put a lot of heavy cream in it too so I'm full, I'm warmed up, I'm gonna get out there. I think I might put some gloves on now. And I'm gonna continue fishing for about three more hours and then I'm headed to the lodge to unpack all of my gear. As much as I love sleeping in my car, it's so cozy. Everyone thinks I'm crazy for doing it, but I've been sleeping in my car since the summer of 94 when I first went out to Colorado and it's just something I really enjoy doing. 
and you can't knock somebody for enjoying something that small in their life. Again, there's uh, one guy above me. There's some, they're from Massachusetts. That's it. It's beautiful. I'm glad we didn't get to three to five inches of snow because that would have made it a little bit more difficult. There's more snow up here. I guess it all blew off the ground down by Selkirk Shores. That's it. I'm going back in. It's a little afternoon on Monday. Let's get you caught up with the last almost 24 hours. So I made my soup up here, and it was fantastic. And I hooked the biggest steelhead in a long time. It broke me off on 12-pound tippet and jumped about 10 to 15 times in this hole. Even after, while I was still setting up my next rig, it was still jumping. Orange sucker spot, crystal meth. And then I put on a smaller one, a size 16, and hooked into another steelhead probably about 30 minutes later. It's about 16 inch long. The first one was super dark. This one was nice and chrome bright. So he ran up this river fairly quickly. And that was it. I fished here probably till two something. And then went back downstream and just happened to bump into Holt, who couldn't find out where I was. So we fished below the Altmar Bridge for about 40 minutes. The temp started dropping. One guy started hooking into a couple of steelhead, but that was it. And I also found the tip of my rod walking out yesterday. Booyah. So we go back to the lodge around, I don't know, 4 o'clock and just start cranking out flies. A dozen size 10 curved nymph hook orange crystal meth dozen size 10 mustad little steelhead hook orange san juan worms some orange intruders and none of that's working out here today we are out here with dirty bill and his daughter dirty betty who is bothering holt right now uh, andrew was sitting down rigging up his leader and i just said hey dirty betty how high can you count and he just gives me this death eating stare and she starts counting up to a hundred something. And that's when I stopped filming. And it was that was pretty darn funny. And we're up here with a group of guys from New Hampshire, and we are just swinging flies through. No one's hooking up anything. We've been fishing here since about nine thirty, and I haven't seen a single person hook up. No one's connected to a fish, but we're all just hanging out, laughing. I got the soup going right now on some hot coals by this campfire and we're just going to continue working this we ordered a pizza last night stayed up to watch john oliver and had a good night's sleep tonight i think they're going to make us some crock pot chicken stew with a lodge for dinner and i don't know the guys up river said they hooked up on white flies this morning so i'm going to try and tie some white blood dots that'll be about it tonight holt's dog tried to convince me an orange stone fly would work out here today so i'm gonna have to put one of those on and we're just going to keep working. It's 46 degrees. I'm only wearing two long sleeve shirts, down vest. I think we're going to maybe try a different spot tomorrow. Here comes Dirty Bill. Looks like he's done. Let's see how he's doing. All right, Dirty Bill. Let's talk about what's going on today. Is that my bread? There's a turkey sandwich on the riverbank. There's yeah, lettuce and tomatoes. How about that? It looks like a That's uh, like chicken salad. Chicken salad. Yeah, man. I don't know who would right. eat that. So what's going on this morning? Oh, nothing. We're having some uh, little slow morning. It's definitely warm. Overcast, yesterday. yeah. What are those big red tree squirrel-looking things? 
They're like half the size. They're bigger than a chipmunk, but smaller smaller than an eastern gray squirrel. Red squirrels? You got red squirrels here? Yeah, they're red squirrels. Yeah, make good tie material? <laughs> well, I didn't bring my pistol with me, but <laughs> right. I have a few tails at home. Nice. All right. it, at this point, we can tie just about anything on a hook, the way the fish has been today, but that's steelhead fishing. Yeah. All right. We'll see how the afternoon bite goes. Hopefully some of those cohos move up and Drop they, they get active. All right. I've only landed one coho in all the years I've been coming up here. They're a lot of fun. Purple, right? Yeah. Maybe I'll be able to put on something purple soon. I had a purple bugger on. I got a whole bunch if you need more, like a dozen. All right, I'm going to eat. All right, sounds good. All right, I'm sitting down. What's your name? Jim. Jim, I'm taking your seat. All right, who do we have with us? Uh, my name is Andy Paul. Where are you from? I'm out of Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay. And is this warm weather for you? Because uh, you're like is, further this, south? This is toasty. This is balmy? Yeah. So you guys have been up for a couple of days. How's the fishing been? The fishing's been a little slower than normal, but we're having fun. We're, we're out here, and we're doing what we like doing. The guy with the raccoon gloves, it's not actually made of raccoon. It's got a picture of a raccoon on it. It's basically like a sock puppet. He hooked up today with some white patterns. He did. He did. He had the white eggs that these these salmon are laying in the river, and uh, the steelhead seemed to be uh, liking those at times. Not all day, but for a while they were. So that's what we seem to work well with. But we'll switch. I'll keep switching. I'm, put the stoneflies on. We'll put the uh, the egg, the patterns, and then rotate them and out. Absolutely, and colors as well. Right. Where do you guys stay when you're up here? Uh, wherever we seem to be able to uh, get a reservation. So right. we're in uh, Altmar. Yeah, we're in Albion today. Uh, Kings, I don't know, what's the name of that? Kings, Kings Lodge, yeah. All right. Albion. Sounds good. Yeah, it is good. Cool house as well sometimes. Yeah. I've been there in a long... I was there once with my dog. <laughs> we got 49 inches of snow in a day. Oh, oh, I and I couldn't take him out because the snow was too deep. He couldn't go to the bathroom. Yeah, that makes sense. But I was catching, I was hooking up. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the best fishing is in the foul weather. Where do you guys fish back home? Uh, your home water. Well, I'm a saltwater guy, so I like to go down to the ocean in the summer. And then uh, spring, I fish uh, Winnipesaukee for the landlocks and the rainbows. I've been there once. It's a big lake. Yeah, it is. That's, it was a long drive from D.C. Yeah, it does. It was, it was the day Hurricane Andrew hit Florida as we were driving up. No kidding. We listening to the radio the whole way. All I caught up there were some yellow perch. Well, what time of year were you there? Uh, it would have been August yeah. Hurricane Andrew. August, you got to go down deep for those rainbows. We had some rocks. spoons, yeah. big spoons. We were bouncing off of spinning rods. Oh yeah, you were dredging. Yeah. Must yeah. have caught some Lakers too. Nothing. Never seen a lake trout in my life. Oh. Not even a pickled one in a lab. I caught a lake trout in this river, at the DSR. Wow. Another a guy caught a huge northern pike, like a year or two ago, down in the lower fly zone. Really? That was a surprise. You steelhead fishing? Like a three-foot pike. Yeah. That's what pretty it, cool. Daddy? I don't know, but put it back, son. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go eat my lunch. All right, you do that. Thank you very much. Good morning. It's uh, it's around 540 in the morning. On Tuesday, it's dumping snow. It's absolutely beautiful out here right now. And there's jabronis coming up, so I'm going to stop recording so they don't think I'm crazy. All right, so it's Tuesday morning. It's before sunrise. It's dumping snow. I'm sitting on a log right now. And about four layers of tops and bottoms, big down jacket, 
my mitts that got a hole in them yesterday and a couple of hats and we're just chilling waiting for sunrise we're in a good spot today it's nice and peaceful out there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen dudes on the other shoreline so it's not gonna be peaceful and quiet today but hopefully a better spot yesterday didn't materialize in anything andrew and i walked upstream fished for a while and then went down below altmar and nothing and at that point the laces on my boa broke so i had to go to melinda's and get new laces and that's when i called it a day we just went back to the lodge and hung out fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. And I was pretty damn exhausted, so I was in bed at 8, lights out at 9, and all I did was tie up a couple flies, some white eggs the uh, white blood dots a couple of white worms and some white angora sucker spawns and that's it i think i've got a good shot up here today with some pheasant tails and swinging depending on how many more people come through and take up this spot it'll be better once we get more of a crew in here we can stretch ourselves out dinner last night at the lodge was chicken stew which was awesome we had two huge servings of that with some bread and just a lot of water. We drank as much water as I could last night. And we're going to spend the entire day here. I've got uh, some Welsh beef stew frozen. I've got my stove. I think I've got enough layers on that I don't need to go get my propane heater. A chair would be nice. I can always go back to my car and get a chair. That's it. I'm going to fish hard today and hopefully we're going to bring a steelhead to net. Whew. All right, I don't know what time it is, and if I was willing to go inside my layers and check, I'd tell you, but I'm not going to. It's it's cold, and it's dark. It's sometime after 1, I think, because Dirty Bill fished with us, and he's got to go take a nap before he goes to work. Out of all those people on the shore across from me earlier, there's now 1, 2, 3, 4. On this side below me, there's one, two, three, four. I've got enough room here. I could swing as much of my line through this hole as I wanted to. It's gone from snowing, big wet flakes, to rain, to snow, to just cold and dark and damp. I just had to come off to shore to take off my Sitka jacket and put on my giant down jacket, the one I usually sleep in when I'm car camping in the winter. And I'm trying to stay warm. I broke off and I'm back here now warming up my toes. But earlier, I just started off swinging the orange crystal meth. Sorry, I'm going to yawn because I'm tired. It's cold. Uh -oh. I started off by swinging an orange crystal meth size 10 and I hooked into my first and only fish of the morning and it immediately ran across river, flopped a couple times to the surface and I reeled it in and it pulled off line and I reeled it in and found out that I can easily fight a steelhead on my six weight switch rod. 
And after a minute or so, I finally got the fish near me and had a guy from Connecticut net it for me because I was the only person up here other than him. So he gets a couple pictures of me. We released the fish and a couple other people have hooked up, but it's been pretty darn slow. Most of the snow has melted, which probably accounts for the reason why the water level has gotten much colder, which is probably why the fishing has slowed down. I had my hot beef stew with some frozen bread and that helped warm me up hours ago. The coffee is no longer hot in my thermos. I'm on my second pair of gloves. I've got two hats on. <sighs> and I'm just waiting for something to happen here. It's um, it's pretty dreary out here. I think it's the moisture in the air that is just making it so cold and bitter against the skin. As many layers of my pants I have on, I'm still pretty damn cold. I'm going to fight the urge to go back as long as possible. But I do my, see myself having a nice hot shower later and chilling in the lodge for a couple of hours in the warmth. I'm definitely going to earn it. I'm out here knee-deep water, switching between the, the fast riffles with the white caps and bubbles, swinging into slow, quiet water where a lazy fish might land. Or these fish are... They don't know they're on the East Coast. They, they have no idea they're on the Great Lake. So they think they've got, you know, 100 miles to swim. And the river's only about 15 miles most for them. You can go check that on the maps. So these fish are swimming up thinking they've got to reserve their fat and energy to last an entire season in this winter river until they're going to spawn in the spring. And why burn your calories going up the fast water? So I'm trying to swing through the slow water with minimal amount of weight and it's not really bringing me anything dirty bill did get a brown and a relatively fresh mud shark you know, my steelhead was dark it's been in the river for a while its nose was pretty beat up and although that's from rooting around in the ground from eggs and other things in the water but nothing else seems to be working i've thrown orange stone flies i've done intruders i've done worms I have done blood dots. I've done glow bugs. And <sighs> nothing seems to be convincing these fish to eat. The guys across from me haven't hooked up in a while. They're in some pretty rough place to stand anyway. It's pretty deep over there. There's overhanging trees. It's not somewhere I'd be wanting to stand all day and fighting a fish. At least there's a beach over here. And I can have my stuff laid out, except this is a sand beach instead of a rock beach like yesterday. So I got grit and everything. I'm going to have to go clean everything off before it comes in to dry tonight. So I might fish for another hour, and then I'm going to head back in. I'm going to go put on a pheasant tail now and swing with one split shot through the slow water and see if I can raise a fish up. Good morning. It's uh, 8 o'clock on, I don't know what day. It's Wednesday, probably. The 10 inches of snow that we were supposed to get last night never materialized, and I'm a little slow getting up today. I left yesterday after about seven hours of fishing in that cold, wet, damp, overly humid conditions when it's too bad for me to hang out, it's pretty bad. So I left, came back around two o'clock. You know, don't let my cold reaction 
on the mic catching a steelhead fool you. I was more than excited yesterday. Um, but it's 10 degrees colder now. It's in the low 20s. It's actually dropped since I got up this morning. And Scott's already out on the water. He showed up with pizzas and bourbon last night, which was fantastic. And I just polished off, polished off two slices of sausage pizza because I need to fuel my body for what I'm about to do to it today. Standing in nearly waist deep water when it's 23 degrees out. The water is supposed to go up to 750 CFS tonight. So we'll see how that changes the fishing for tomorrow. We might not be able to fish the same spot tomorrow that we want to fish now. Last night we just hung out, had chili for dinner. I tied up a couple of tiny orange crystal meths and went to bed around nine. It was cold and dark this morning and I just could not motivate at 5.30. So I'm up now and I'm gonna go join Scott. I'm not sure when Andrew's gonna join us. He's warming up still at the lodge, but I've got enough layers on I can barely move. I look like the kid from A Christmas Story. I'm gonna go make some hot soup for lunch. I am bringing down the propane heater with me. At least I don't have to deal with just the wetness of yesterday when everything was just damp and cold. It took hours to dry everything off last night. My gear was laid out all over the lodge. And I am pulling up into the parking lot now, but I'm having fun. I enjoy the the snow up here. I wouldn't mind if we got a couple inches. It makes at least it pretty while it's cold. I think tonight we're going to go out to eat and get some kind of just big burgers and fries. And I wouldn't mind having a nice hot bowl of soup with that. I am pulling in now. We'll check in with y'all later, but it's, uh, it's going to be brutal today. This is definitely... You know, you can't be a soft angler and do this. You got to be able to put up with some pretty awful conditions. And we're going to see how far I can do. When I was in my 20s, I would have been out here at sunrise. But now I don't mind a little bit more sleep and warm up. I just know everything's going to freeze. The ice in the guides is going to be awful today. Frozen flies. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough been kind of a slow morning out here. I don't know what time it is. The clouds are disappearing. A little bit of blue sky coming in. I think it's around 10 something at the moment. I got down here and there was Scott and one other guy in the hole. The other guy landed two fish. Nothing for Scott. I started off with an orange crystal meth. I hooked into a fish after a couple of minutes. We watched a guy on the far side hook a fish, go downstream, elbow deep, around a bend in order to land his fish. We thought he was going in. It was, it was pretty dicey. As soon as you come out of the water, everything freezes on you right now. Water's definitely colder than yesterday. I'm sitting on shore just warming up my toes. Everything else is kind of warm except for the parts of my face and my fingertips that are exposed. So after I lost that one on the orange, crystal meth spawn I put on the little pink woolly bugger my daughter tied me and I hooked a fish on that and that lasted a little bit longer I got it on the reel and it fought me for a good couple of seconds and popped off and now I don't know what people are hooking fish on the water's gone up the temperature has gone down 
we definitely have less shoreline here to hang out and put our, our gear out. I think I might go back to the car and get some food to eat. Maybe I'll make ramen for lunch in addition to my Julia Child soup. We're just swinging flies and bottom bouncing. Stone fly patterns, pheasant tails aren't working. Nothing on egg patterns. I'm going to go to a flashy white woolly bugger next and swing that through. The problem is my guides just keep icing up. And with the skagit head, you don't have much space if the skagit head is in the rod if you're fishing close. So you got to only fish the running line coming out of it. And I got to come back to shore every once in a while and crack the ice off of the guides. And the wind's picking up a bit, so I imagine we're going to be pretty exhausted this evening. Hoping that someone comes by, we're going to do a little podcast interview with a local. The plan is for 6 o'clock. And then, like I said, we're trying to go out for burgers. So this is the midday follow-up to what's going on. Scott's knee-deep. Andrew's knee-deep. Guy below us is waist-deep in neoprenes. It's, uh, you know, the Fairweather folks do not come out on this. There are maybe seven or eight people out here today. That entire shoreline that had 16 people yesterday or two days ago. Was that yesterday morning? Yeah, 16 people yesterday morning had two when we got here. And the guy below us, I think, just broke off. So I'm going to hang up and, and go fish while he comes back to shore to re-rig. So I wussed out not too late in the early morning, I'd say, on Wednesday, yesterday. It was cold. It was windy. The water was very cold. Scott and I weren't touching fish. No one around us really was getting into fish. So we moved to a different spot. I fished it for a little bit. Nothing was happening. So I went back to the lodge and just changed, warmed up, went into town, got some groceries at Aldi, called the wife, and basically we just hung out for the afternoon and watched movies, tied flies. I tied up crystal meth in a bunch of colors, a couple intruders, and some squid droves. We had Greg Liu drop in for a podcast interview, so that will be coming up probably after this one. Dirty Bill stopped in for a bit to hang out. He doesn't believe that I could catch a steelhead on a squid drove out here. So, uh, of course, Thursday morning when we get up, I have them, and by the time we get to the river, I can't find them. No rush to get to the river today. It was 19 degrees. It warmed up to 20 by the time we left, and we went to a big, flat, riffly hole with some white water on one side downtown. And from there, we just camped out for the day. Dirty Bill joined us for a little bit. And I ended up taking two steelhead fairly early on on hot pink crystal meth. And I was swinging them through. And the second one, I didn't even know I had hooked. I was just lifting my rod. And it just, the line looked odd. So I lifted up a little harder. And sure enough, there was a steelhead. And pretty much nothing else happened for hours. We took turns in and out of the hole, heating up food. Jason arrived. He was without Scott because of the snowstorm that is coming into the East Coast. That is moving up here and it's going to start dumping snow here in about two hours. 
which is why I am going to the store now to get fly tie material. About 30 minutes before I called it today, I decided to put on a black, purple, and bluish intruder, Hobo Spay. And first cast, I hadn't even really figured out how I was going to swing it through the hole yet. And I hooked into an absolutely pissed off dime mint bright steelhead. That thing was so pissed off. I can't tell you the last time I went into my backing. It's been a long time and somehow I managed to get this fish back after it was in the fast water. And we got some pictures of it and now I'm going to Melinda's to go pick up some blue guinea feathers and I'm going to go tie up some more intruders and replace some of those pink sucker spawns because I lost a couple today. So that's what that's for. Alright, we're recording. <clears throat> Check. Alright, let's go around the table. It's Hello. me, your normal host. It's Rob. It's me, producer Jason. It's me, Steelheader Scott. Alright, so gentlemen, today was... Uh, not... I mean, I, for me it was productive... For you guys, it wasn't. What is your game plan tomorrow? Do we want to continue fish downstream, upstream? We've got up to 10 inches of snow coming in tonight. Well, you tell us the report on what's happened so far this week so we can. There have been fish hooked upstream. One day I got three, one day I landed one, lost two. Uh, So my most productive day was that spot today. Right. And it's going to snow, so it's not going to be easy to, like, get to another spot if we want to hike in tomorrow. The river's up at 750, so the spots that I fished and hooked fished the other day may not be as productive. And one of them's a good 20-minute hike in. Is it staying at 750 through tomorrow? It should be. I think, yeah, I mean, I think we either go back to where we were today or uh, go to the lower fly. I'm, I'm fine with either. My question for you, Rob, is how crowded has it been this week? Today was the... I mean, we were, didn't there see were, anybody today. At one point, there were 16 people on the other side for me. And then by... Today? No. At the lower A couple fly. days ago in the fly zone. And then a couple hours later, there were like three. The snow may keep people away, but it's also Friday. So right. more chance of being people. Mm-hmm. But that's the first place they go, though. It's the flow of fly zone. So what if we do lower fly, and if there's a bunch of jabronis, then we go down downtown? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm good with starting lower fly on the early side. That way we can get the spot yeah. that we like. And I think we'd be more protected from any wind at the lower fly. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And if- today was rough. There were a lot of leaves in the water today. Yeah. yeah. But at least you could follow the leaves and the bubble line with them. Theoretically, that's where the fish should have been. There was one in there. Right. That was the number two fish. Yeah. All right, so we're going to Tailwater Lodge tonight. I'm looking forward to uh, burger, preferably bacon, a lot of club soda to hydrate, and some kind of fried appetizer. Anything you guys have a hankering for? Good burgers always fine with me. That sounds about the same, yeah. (laughs) And they are good. Burger, fries... And it's amazing that my fingertips just are not working. 
who uh, tomorrow will be everybody's first time fishing for steelhead in the snow like we should be. <laughs> yeah, it's actually going to be warm, though, so... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I've been up here when it's been snowing, but not, never when there's a lot of snow on the ground. Oh, I've been here when there's like four feet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pheasant tails have not worked for me yet. That's usually the go-to, especially in the snow, but maybe tomorrow it'll change. All right, what, Jason's tying up a popsicle. He's got fluorescent fuchsia, orange, and he's going to go blue on the front end. Yeah, why Scott, not? you're tying up some... Crystal meths. In uh, pink? In shrimp pink. And, and with flat diamond braid, not uh, pearl diamond braid. Uh, one of each, actually. I've got the flat okay. diamond braid What if pink. you did one of each in the same fly? Ooh. That could be, that could be novel. Um, um, and I'm going to tie up some more black and purple... Hobo space with blue guinea feathers wrapped around the centerpiece. And again, pink, pearl diamond braid, crystal meth, because that is what worked for me for the first two fish today. What size? Ten. Oh, there were ten. Did I just see a snowflake out there? Uh, Oh, it's snowing. It is snowing. Oh, boy. I've got that new car window cover, so it didn't really work the other day, but in this snowstorm, I'm going to try it. It's like a brassiere for your windshield. <laughs> and just you know, pull it off when you, you want to. Rip the snow off. The yeah. Br- the bro. All right, that's it. Well, it is 9.30 on Friday morning. I left home a week ago, and I'm still in the lodge right now. It dumped... A good foot plus of snow on us last night. It's still coming down. The cars were all buried. I decided to stay in bed a little longer today and just rest. I'm a little beat up and tired from being up here for a week and just fishing hard the whole time. We had a fun night at dinner last night. Came back here. Dirty Bill met us. And we tied up some flies. He tied up some purple and black swinging flies. I tied up some squidros that I put in my fly box this time and a couple more pink crystal meths jason tied up a couple of streamers as well i don't know if scott did and then we called it a little later than normal about 10 o'clock and everyone was awake when i woke up this morning and i've just been taking it slow in bed just organizing my gear and i'm gonna go down and meet the guys at the lower river we decided last night why deal with all the fish upriver that are a little more comfortable being here? We're going to go for those pissed off, angry ones like that one I swung to and hooked up yesterday. That fish was so aggressive and just pissed off. I've been replaying through my mind when that thing started peeling line off my reel, going down into the riffles, headed back to the lake, and I'm just trying to stop it and it was into my backing and my fly line was slicing through the water it was absolutely bonkers just how crazy that fish was and that's the exact reason while i'm up here is for fish like that so i'm gonna go put my waders on it's getting warm in here with all my layers i gotta get back outside it's a it's a heat wave of 28 degrees right now and i'm looking forward to hot red thai curry on shore today It's going to be a nice hot meal to keep me going. Looking forward to see what today brings us. We're looking at around 3.30 right now in the afternoon on Thursday, and it's still snowing. 
Today would have been a pretty lousy day if it hadn't been for the pretty snow. Fishing was pretty darn tough. Three of us fished for a while, and then Scott had to go pick up Thomas at the airport and come back. And then we all fished together for several hours. And not much was going on at all. I don't think I got a bite at all. Jason got a tug. Scott got a tug. And Thomas got a nice brown trout of about 20, 22 inches. And that was it until I left at round three. It was just getting cold and wet out there. I'd be fine if the snow was not blowing into my face and hood. And the temperature was above freezing, so everything kind of melted on your hands. And it was just super cold. We had the river to ourselves. We saw two people upstream. And that was it all day. It was dead silent except for a dog bark and two sirens. Other than that, it was just us heating up food. I had the Thai curry and some biltong. I had biltong for breakfast. So you got to fuel yourself up before you're going to go outside. That's one thing we've all been doing is just pounding the calories in. Thomas just got here, so he's probably going to eat a huge dinner. But the rest of us have just been eating nonstop since we've been here to help stay warm. No lie, it's tough out there when you're standing. Luckily, today was only knee-deep. In cold water with snow falling on you and big chunks of snow from the trees falling and landing on your head. So I had no luck with squidrows, no luck with pheasant tails, and no luck with sucker spawns, crystal meth. That's really all I fished today. Everything was covered in snow, so I had my gear on shore and you couldn't really find stuff. I'm not sure if I left anything behind. But it was tough out there. It was pretty. And I had a good time. And there were certain seams on that water I focused on all day, watching where the leaves were going and the bubbles, and that didn't produce anything. I'm not sure if we're going to fish the same spot tomorrow or not. We kind of just stayed there today because we figure if the fish are in the river, they've got to pass by us to get upriver. And we thought we had a good spot. It worked yesterday, just not as successful as today. So we'll find out when the guys come back how they did once I left and then I think we're meeting Dirty Bill and Betty at Steph's Place Diner in Pulaski to just go to town on some food tonight because that's my plan. I'm getting up to fish in the morning and then I will be leaving around 10 a.m. I don't know if I already said this but apparently there's going to be a cocktail party at my house so I need to be back in time for that so I'll probably get some food and snacks local to here to bring down to the party. Still looking for Fryhofer cookies, though. Haven't found them. That is true. All right, let's discuss uh, today's trials and tribulations. And, well, today's trials and tribulations, and uh, I turn off the Harry Potter a thon. There's a remote right here. Wait, what happens one. in Harry Potter, though? Um, he he rides a broom. And he dies. All right. He dies? Dumbledore dies. Dumbledore. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Fuck. You can't say that. You can't say that either. <laughs> Well, someone, some editor is going to have their work cut out for them. All right, Producer. so, what's <laughs> the game plan for tomorrow? Let's catch some fish. Where? In the Salmon River. Maybe. We could go to one of the crooks. No, I can't use my spare switch rod in the crooks. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm game for... Today was rather slow. Thomas hooked a brown. Mm -hmm. That was uh, four people 
multiple hours. That was like 28 hours worth of, of swinging flies for one fish. And two two hookups and one la- one fish landed. You might have to talk louder. I don't know. All right, so oh. do we want to do fly stretch? Do we want to go downriver? What's the plan? I mean, Dirty Bill was just saying that we, we probably don't have to worry about people tomorrow, that much tomorrow. Um, Saturday? Yeah, just because it's been cold, the weather's still going to be nasty. You want to go to our old spot? Um, so we go to our old spot. I'm down with that. Um, I think What's we should, the water we levels? Go early, regardless. Okay. Yeah. Um, what time are you on the road? I got to leave at 10 only because there's a party at my house when I get yeah. home. 10? Oh, yeah. Geez. You weren't even on the water by 10 this morning. That was close. I was in a, <laughs> I was in a plane at 10 this morning. Um, All right, so Thomas, your first day up, how was it? Uh, it was good. Um, finally got up from D.C. after a uh, canceled flight yesterday, and then I managed to break a toe last night. Um, you know what my AP history teacher would call you? He'd say, you were the volcano Krakatoa. <laughs> uh, it was good. I started swinging flies, um, almost took a header within my first, like, three minutes of being on the river, but I saved myself while landed on my knees. Uh, got my fly back, so all was good. After that, I decided to just, you know, <coughs> ease into the day. Uh, swung flies for a bit. Might have had a bite, but I'm not sure. Switched over to a size 16 pink crystal meth. Uh, and uh, got myself a nice brown. Jason, how was your day? Slow. Cold. Is it slower than the internet right now? Uh... It was pretty slow. All right. But hooked one. It was only on for a couple seconds, which got the blood moving a little bit. But then by the time, I don't know, we just swung for hours and without much to show for today. But that's how it goes. At least the wind wasn't too bad. Yeah. All right, Scott. What about your day? How was your day today? It was very similar. Um, I hooked one early before I had to go to the airport to pick up Thomas. Um, and otherwise just swinging flies and drifting flies and not much to show for it. Um, Thomas and I were lucky enough to stay out for it long enough, long enough for it to start raining on us. So that was, that was special. (laughs) Did I get that on there? We had a lovely conversation with the DEC, DEC, talked about our fish from the day and all that. It was nice to see them out and, uh, doing a creel survey. What questions did they ask you? Uh, how many years we've been coming up, how many hours we fished today, how many fish we caught, how big the fish we caught was. What'd you answer? Uh, four years, one fish, five hours. Brown trout. Brown trout, didn't keep it, most likely a female. This could totally be your Tinder profile. Tinder boots. He needs Tinder boots. That's my phone. I don't need Tinder boots. I'm okay. <laughs> All right, so the flow tomorrow is going to be, hold on, Saturday, 3.50. Oh, nice and long. It's going to drop down. 9 p.m. today until 11.59 tomorrow. 3.50? 3.50. Okay, so we need to figure out where the best spots are. Then, then oh, we're going to our spots. We're going to our spots. Nah, 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 nah. The upper fly zone. All right, and we went to Steph's tonight. It was filling. I was really hoping they had mashed potatoes. With meatloaf, but uh, I'm full. I'm happy. Rob, how, uh, 
the so last year I got two dinners, but you know I brought one home with me. Yeah. Uh, how many dinners would you say you ate tonight? Uh, I had an appetizer of onion rings, then I had an entree of uh, roast beef sandwich, gravy, mashed potatoes and gravy, and a side of mac and cheese and an ice water. So, so five. Five dinners. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be able to eat like this when I get back home. Yeah. It's tough. All right, so we'll game plan. We're getting up tomorrow. We're going to claim a spot, yeah. and we shall hopefully hook some steelhead. If it's good, I may be late to my uh, party at my house. Worth it. All right. Good morning. It's 10 a.m. on Saturday, and I am on my way home. We got up this morning. Alarms at 5.30. I was out the door probably 5.50-ish. First one out. I can't turn my headlamp on, but thankfully, there's still snow on the ground, so... It was brighter. I was able to see in the dark. And I get to our normal spot upriver, and you would think that there was a, a queue to get into a concert or something. People everywhere. Parking lots full of people. Riverbanks full of people. Headlamps everywhere. You can hear conversations up and down. And by the time the rest of the guys get there, we decide it's just too crowded. We'll go back to where we've been the last couple of days. So we pack up in the dark and roll on downriver. And by the time we get there, it's bright enough. You don't even need headlamps. And the parking lot had not been plowed, but it had been above freezing all night with some rain and drizzle. So it was easier to drive in than yesterday. And we pack up our gear and walk down to our spot. Automatically, first thing we start to notice is the water dropped. So it definitely went down to 350 overnight. And spots that were knee-deep yesterday were dry today. So I can imagine some spots upriver must have been pretty cool and packed full of fish. We had the spot to ourselves. One guy came down and said hi to us and fished above us for a bit. And then we just spread out like birds on a wire and started fishing. And I decided to go minimal on weight. I was fishing one split shot and a crystal meth fly. And I started off interchanging squid rows, crystal meths, bottom bouncing, swinging, just really slowly allowing my fly line just to when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply drift downstream and let the fly and the split shot tumble. So there wasn't much of a current. And after a couple of minutes of this, I hooked into my first fish of the day. It was the prettiest fish. It was not the most energetic. Or I'd say it was a rather lethargic fight. And the fish, I just stripped in and Scott netted it. It was probably the prettiest fish. It was pink, up and down, had a lot of color to it. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a domestic rainbow or not absolutely pretty fish we got a couple of pictures and let it go and then i took a break i made some hot soup and when you let one person out of the group then 
there are more spaces for three to fish. So we were taking turns, people in and out, people eating, people retying up rigs. And that was about it. I was still hooking a little bit of bottom, but a lot less with one split shot. If I put on two, I was getting more leaves and more piles of monofilament. I did not hook and land any pairs of corkers today. And I just rotated through intruder, pheasant tail, pink crystal meths, orange crystal meths, and no further luck. That was my one fish of the day. And about 9.30, I, or sorry, uh, before that, 9 o'clock, I'd say, at about 9 o'clock, <clears throat> at about 9 o'clock, I decided I should probably get going. I still needed to change. I needed to run some errands, fill the tank, top off the tires. I packed it up and headed out. Thomas was upriver. Scott and producer Jason were still swinging through our hole. And I moved on out and I changed in the parking lot of Top's grocery store. It was a little difficult trying not to get my clothes and my socks wet changing. I managed to get all my layers off and get on a pair of work pants and a hoodie. And I went in and got my daughter some potato chips that I told her I'd get her. The Terrell's Dinosaur Barbecue flavor. I picked her up a stuffed animal, Poppy the Troll. And got my wife some Dinosaur brand hot sauce and some other locally made hot sauce cooking liquid in a jar. Rolled over to Burn Dairy and I got two boxes of ice cream sandwiches. Dirty Bill brought some of those by last night and they're absolutely stellar. It was so good. So I got one box of peanut butter and one box of regular. And while I was in there and I just left the gas on uh, automatic and I didn't realize it had switched off pretty much right after I left. I had uh, about two gallons went into half a tank. So I didn't realize until I got down the highway here that I'm going to have to pull over at some point a little earlier than planned to top off my tank. So this is it for the end of the podcast of up here. I'm going to go back. I'm going to unpack, settle in, you know, uh, let my hands recuperate. They're banged up. They're cut. My dexterity is gone. My hands just hurt and I'm tired. It's just a different type of tired and there's the atrophy my body goes into up here. So once I settle back home, I'm going to write down some notes and we'll summarize this and we will get into some more podcasts. So my ETA is around 3 o'clock, so that should put me in home to time to watch the Ohio State game tonight. And as I was leaving Tops, the wife texted me, oh, wrong weekend, there's no party at our house tonight. So I could have fished a little bit longer, another two hours maybe. I'm on the road and I'm less tired than I would be if I had continued fishing. Mile 58, 81 South. Shabbat Shalom 1-2. Shabbat Shalom 1-2. As this guy Rafi at camp used to say when he would check his microphone levels in front of everybody. Rafi Mirone. All right, let's get uh, this podcast finished up. Uh, still haven't heard from anybody about where Tim Waite is located. Tim, if you're listening, get a hold of me. We're looking for you. Just for fun. Uh, I want to give a shout out to listener Chris at Melinda's for checking in. And uh, shout out to Chris Leslie for listening and watching videos as he drives across America. And we're going to talk about now uh, 
completely synthetic fishery. But the fish, again, they don't know that. These these steelhead don't know they're in the Salmon River and not the waters of the Pacific Northwest. So they're going to act the same. They're going to be aggressive. They're just going to eat differently and behave a little differently. But mentally and physically, these fish are basically Western fish. They just don't know that, and we don't tell them. So let's talk about some food first for this trip. Shore lunches by far were some of the highlights of my day. Having planned ahead and making those meals not only gave me a healthy, nutritious meal, but also warmed me up. And the food came from home, but the recipes came from Lavender and Lovage. I follow them on Instagram. It is pure comfort food. That woman knows what she's doing. Arby's, again, not too bad for a fast food gyro or hero. Uh, They had two for six. I decided not to get that meal on my drive out because probably would have fallen asleep like last year with a full belly and being as tired as I was. Tailwaters Lodge, again, a super good dinner. Their onion rings are spot on. It's warm and cozy in there. It was nice to get out and have a a nice grown-up meal. The burgers were big and filling and... Yeah, that place is uh, it's a Hilton now, or I don't know if it's always been run by Hilton. So there's standards, and they live up to it, and you're going to get a solid meal there. Now, one of the early nights, they had chicken soup or stew for dinner, and although good at the lodge, it wasn't enough. So we ordered a pizza from Stefano's. It was good. It wasn't great, but New York pizza is better than anything you can get down here, and we destroyed that. Now, we're speaking of pizza. Scott Stankus shows up. His first night with a whole bunch of pizzas from someplace in Scranton. And he also shows up with homemade bread. And his wife baked us some brown butter and bourbon cookies. Fantastic. And we went to Steph's Diner one night. Now, I really enjoyed my meatloaf dinner last year with mashed potatoes, gravy, and a side of mac salad and our dinner roll. They didn't have it this year, so I got hot roast beef dinner with mashed potatoes. You already heard about what I had. It was good. It wasn't as great, and it didn't really make me smile as much as last year's meal. But it was good. It reminded me of Shoals Cafeteria. If you're an old-school D.C. person, it used to be up near GW Hospital way back in the day. The Aldi up there is fantastic. I wish our Aldi was that nice. That's where I got our potato chips. i got to go to our Aldi and see if they have those lattice cup roasted garlic and like sea salt chips. But the pancetta and Parmesan ones were fantastic. I also got some life cereal to bring back here. I'm sure I mentioned that already. Uh, the biltong that Vion sent, the spicy biltong has a little bit more heat to it. And I appreciate that because about a year ago, I said some people at our neighborhood pool didn't think it was spicy enough. And he said, well, most American beef jerky is just cheap cuts of beef. And they add all that spice to it to cover up the fact that it's lousy. Uh, Vion uses some good ribeye and there's a little bit of heat on them. I also like the... I can't pronounce those. And by the end of the trip, I discovered that we had biltong spice in our care package from my Yoba Yo. However, uh, it was too late to use, but we would have sprinkled that on all of our shore lunches for sure. Let's talk about fishing. The last fish wasn't the biggest, but by far the prettiest steelhead I've caught in a while. Fully colored up, beautiful pink cheeks on it. Little olive on the back, still silvery, super pretty fish. Now, the fish on the intruder was by far 
the most aggressive fish I've hooked in a while. It was, again, completely unexpected that I was going to be just doing a roll cast. I still think it was the first roll with that new fly. And it swept from the fast water right onto the seam of the slow. And I mean, before I knew it, I was into my backing, which doesn't happen. And I still have the burn on my index finger of when the running line shot out of the rod. I was very thankful to have the backbone of an eight weight switch rod. And that fish, I can close my eyes and picture its slicing line across the water going downstream into the rapids and me just not giving that fish an inch to move. And I cranked him back in as hard as I could. And we got the pictures. And you can see this on the video. It's on my YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, please do. It's the Salmon River 2018 Steelhead Trip. And I'm sure there's going to be people commenting, Hey, man, you left that fish out of water too long. You're going to kill that with your gripping grins. I think we did a pretty good job of photographing our fish and getting them back in. But I'm going to get the hate because people like to bust chops on other people's social medias and videos. It's just what happens. The crystal meth in pink landed the most fish. That was three out of five fish. The orange hooked the most of patterns that I lost. Tippet size didn't matter. So I used everything from 10-pound Berkeley Vanish to 12-pound Seaguar to 1X monofilament. It didn't matter. These fish don't care. The spinning guys are using huge tackle. If you saw the crap that we pulled out of the river, you'd realize the fish in there are not that leader shy. But most of those are snagging rigs. Now the flies. There were no fish caught on pheasant tails. None caught on glow bugs, blood dots, or sucker spawns. So I used a bunch, lost them, no success, stopped tying them. I really was only tying hobos, squidros, and sucker spawn egg patterns. There's no love on the squidro. The crystal meth in pink and orange were size 10. Those are either on saber hooks or mustad heavy hooks. Didn't buy a lot of fly material, which was nice on my, my wallet. Appreciate that. Came back with more cash than I expected. And I caught more fish using less weight. Also using less weight, I got foul hooked on fewer oak leaves underwater. They almost need to put one of those nets that go around the swimming pools in Florida. They need to put one of those over the Salmon River. It would have been like the Cristo plant artwork on the Arkansas River with the orange drapes. If they had this over the river, it would keep the leaves from blowing in. You probably would hook it, though, if you had giant mesh above there. Let's talk about gear. Recoil guides on my Orvis rod were key for breaking off ice on those cold mornings. Just spending a little bit extra money on a nice rod can save you a lot of grief and having to worry about breaking off your guides. If you build your rods, put recoil guides on them. I was quite pleased with the Deer Creek rod. I'd never hooked or landed a steelhead on one of those before. It's a good rod at a great price. And... I've been using a small zip tie with a little black O-ring above my cork, and I use that as my hook holder. I can take a picture and post that. Still not a fan of that loop reel. Just doesn't do it for me. Having no cell service up there is a catch-22. While we like to communicate with everybody and know water temperatures and flow levels, it's also nice not just having your phone blow up with people texting you all day long and hearing breaking news and all sorts of things. It's nice to be able to get away and fish like I did back in the day when there was no phonage. 
My tie wheel holds a small whiskey glass perfectly on either the cups or on the tray. I was proud of that. So that's the gear that I did like. Uh, the lodge was warm and cozy. There is a major huga going on. It took a while to dry our gear off. The heat really only comes out of two sort of fake fireplaces, and you can't really control the direction where things blow. So you've got to hang things off of chairs and spread things out. So there were a couple mornings getting out there. was still with wet sleeves and cuffs. Fly boxes dried all right. Waders dried. Hats, gloves, buffs. That stuff didn't dry too well. That place was pretty stinky. I'm going to have to say four guys and a, and a dog can, can make a small quarter smell a little bad. And their teepee that they provide was so thin. How thin was it? Their teepee was so thin it only had one side. Now, there's some gear that failed. I had a pair of windstopper glommets, and walking down a small three- or four-foot embankment, I grabbed a sapling to kind of brace myself. The sapling looked like a softer version of Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. That tree somehow ripped a hole right through the palm of my mitt. I'm a little pissed. I got upset that I lost my rod tip. Rookie mistake. But I found it. My current eight-weight switch, the ferrules are stuck. I don't know how. I put it together in the dark, and I've been trying to pull it apart, and my wife tried to help me, but she didn't take it seriously. So I don't think she put any of her spy muscles into it to help me out. That's what's stuck over in the corner. The zipper on my Patagonia jacket, maybe I forgot it was already broken. But I drove to Patagonia the other day, and they shipped off my down jacket and my three-quarter zip for repair. And my wife has a duffel bag from theirs, and the shoulder straps would always pop out. So they're generous enough to replace her perfectly used bag. I mean, it, it was not that well worn on her international gallivanting. But she's going to Albuquerque and Breck next week. So I had to go get her a new bag. And they didn't have the color, so they're shipping it. It should be here today. Thank you, Patagonia. And they are located to M Street in D.C. in a couple of weeks. So there were some issues with standing on the river. Uh, I would try to position myself not with my back to shore, but maybe at a 30-degree angle. And that just helped facilitate my swing downstream or across and downstream. A lot of people like to stand perpendicular to the flow of the water, not me. I don't do that. I also like to stand where I'm safe and where I can land fish. This is the first year I landed three fish almost by myself. I had Scott there to help me. Having a small beach with some shallow, soft water where I can gently pop the hook out, hold them up for a picture, and let them slide out of my paws, that's good for me. I also like to stand in shallower water because then my feet and legs don't get as cold. Remember, heat always goes from the high concentration to the low. That river is sucking the life out of you. Those cold steelhead rivers are like dementors. They suck the life out of you. Let's talk about the weather. One day, we had bad frozen guides, but the rest of it wasn't as bad. I want to say the Xterra performed amazingly. I love my Xterra. The wife's been driving it now that I've been back. I think she missed it while I was gone. That's my first show official work vehicle so she can't be like driving it around going to the gym every day it's uh, it's not made for that it's not a gym car it's a fishing car i'm gonna say sleeping in the car again huge very cozy especially when it's snowing or raining and i'm all just bundled up and down sleeping bags and big down jackets and 
little sleeping mask on and some earplugs, and I just go to bed nice and easy. Ah, there's no kid shouting at me for a glass of water. There's no dog scratching at his dog bed, which does him absolutely nothing. I have so many videos of Dr. Jones scratching his dog bed and then sitting down. He accomplishes nothing. He's neurotic. I love fishing in the snow. It's peaceful. It's quiet. At times, there was snow built up on your fly rod. If you were swinging flies and not doing a whole lot, snow was building up on everything. It built up on all of our gear on shore. You had to look for nets. If you drop something, you had to go dig for it in the snow. The two different pairs of corkers that I found, I should say I caught and found, I threw those on shore, and they were lost within an hour. I don't like when the snow turns to rain. And then the next day, when all the snow fell out of the trees, it just wasn't as pretty. And the humid air the day I was in that lower fly zone when Scott and I were fishing just was brutal on your skin. It it was really difficult on the hands and the face, anything that was exposed. There was a little gap on the left side of my face between the gap of my sunglass opening and my zygomatic arch that got really cold. And if I tried to put my buff up in there, it would get up by my nose and that would cause my glasses to fog up. So fighting fish... Uh, as soon as I hook a fish, I start talking to myself. I give myself encouragement. You are going to land this fish. Get this fish on the reel. Get your rod bent. Don't break it off. So as I hook a fish and it's on the reel and I'm not apparently going to lose it immediately, I'm going to adjust my grip from the bottom part of a switch rod to the top part of the handle. I'm going to lift my rod so it's parallel to the water and I need to get enough angle on it where my Skagit head and line are not in the water. They're in the air. So I don't have to pull a fish through water. That's also on a line in the water. There's a specific delay in cranking your line and the diameter of a Skagit head in the water. It's got such surface area and the molecules of water are stuck to it. It just slows down your whole fight. Just puts bad bends in your line something you want to try to avoid. And I try to crank as hard as I can. I definitely busted my knuckles a couple times. And having that reel I sent back to Orvis and having them fixed was a big help. Last year, the arbor and rim would grind against each other. And it sounded like a train going by. And and line wouldn't come out. This year, I could crank perfectly. It was awesome. I even got the click back on my reel. Layering was pretty simple. Uh, just four layers on the bottom, four layers on top, and then a vest, and then a sweater, and then a jacket, buff, neck mask, rotate gloves in and out, rotate hats in and out. My bibs are starting to fall apart after 17 years. So if, yeah, I know they're 17 years old. If you have a preference for a brand of bibs that has a back pocket so I can put my wallet in there, Please let me know if you have any preferences. I don't get enough contact from y'all listeners, so send me your preferences. Uh, The crowds. The crowds, uh, the fly anglers sure do like the fly zones. If you had an open sewer line down there next to uh, a popper's pit, next to a sausage factory and put fly zone, people would still go there just because it's called a fly zone. They need to get out and explore more. It still amazes me how few people are willing to walk. Uh, These are the same people in the fly zones and the parking lots that pee in the urinal next to somebody. They'll walk into a bathroom with 20 urinals, and there's a guy 
at the 17th one in, and they'll go and pee at either urinal 18 or 16. They're like birds on a wire. Give yourself some space. I'm not there to fish with a bunch of jabronis. I'm there to fish with my buddies. We all help each other. And, and I just don't like hearing those conversations and people yucking it up, up and down the river. Weekends, just too damn busy up there. And most of the cars are from Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New York. I think Holt and I had the most Southern of license plates. And no one from the West, but mostly just kind of New Englanders. All right, let's talk about some miscellaneous before I wrap this up and tell you about some news that's coming out. Uh, If you have to ask about Tinder boots, you don't understand Tinder boots. It would have been nice to have all fished and hung out together for an entire week rather than having people coming and going at different times. That last night was super fun with Thomas and Scott tying and full bellies and dirty bills there. He's got those burn dairy chipwiches, which are fantastic. Uh, your fly is to be at the right place at the right time with the right presentation being a preferable color and size and moving at a certain speed with a good cast. So assuming that your fly is in the exact right spot at the right time that there's a fish in the water, that fish is either going to chomp it or eat it. So every factor going into trying to catch a fish gets lower and lower and when the fish does bite it's a miraculous thing that your fly was in the right spot at the right time at the right drift that piqued the curiosity on some random fish that just happened to be in that spot at that time and if you were a gambling person this is not something you would gamble for you would gamble against somebody hooking a fish because the odds are extremely against you and that is what makes it so much fun. I would love to be able to sight cast for steelhead and see them. Has not happened yet. These fish, you just, like I said before, they live in the upside down. We don't know where they are in these dark flowing rivers. Uh, I was glad Dirty Bill could join us. It's always good to hang out with him while we're up there. And his daughter is pretty darn hilarious. Betty was quite the entertaining one. We had a... So when we were in the diner, Betty and I had a contest to see who could stack the coffee creamers and little jelly packs the highest. And it was fun. It reminded me of the old days. It was it was fun hanging out. You know, I didn't see my kid all week. So hanging out with Betty was, uh, was an extra little bonus of humor and getting to hang out with uh, Dirty Bill and his daughter even more fun. And the fact that she fished with us, she fished with us for pretty much a half a day and never complained once about the cold. Granted, she was wearing these funny brown neoprenes. Holt said she looked like E.T. in them because they're all bunched up at the bottom. And that girl was, we'll say she was roll casting or throwing some overhand casts. And Dirty Bill always wanted to have a uh, good estimate of what the fish might be eating and the flows and where to go because not only is he a guide but he lives up there so we get a little bit extra insight onto what's going on in the river the loss of fingertip dexterity got to be a little annoying as we were tying flies you couldn't pick up a single rubber leg or a hook or a bead just the fingertips being so cold for so many days cold and wet it was difficult to pick things up and uh, no frostbite, but just a little bit of, I don't know what kind of damage you would call it. Temporary loss of fingertip mobility. 
And I wanted more time with the co-hosts in the little tributary creek. You'll see that on the YouTube video on my site. It is a small creek with a whole bunch of co-hosts, and they're swimming up in maybe an inch of water. It's so skinny that they're beaching themselves, and that gave me an ability to walk up with my camera and film them. They didn't really have much fear, and I got right up next to them and filmed them splashing and just trying to move up. And then the creek basically ended, and they were trying to swim up wet grass. The instinctive drive in those organisms is absolutely remarkable. I mentioned that the leaves were a pain in the butt. You get lots of false bites when you're swinging a fly through and it hooks a, a wet fly. Then other times you're just getting snagged on other people's monofilament, which gives a little bit of a tug back, and you think that's a fish. you got to really pay attention. As what Greg's going to say in the upcoming podcast, expect that every cast there's going to be a fish on the end. There was a bottle of Eagle Rare consumed up there, and I brought that back. There's the trick where you can wrap a string around a bottle and soak the string in uh, cutex or um, nail polish remover, burn it, twist the bottle until the flame runs out, and then dunk it in ice water, and the bottle will crack, and you get yourself a little gl- drinking glass. Uh, I did it with the bottle of Eagle Rare. It, it didn't really work, so we're going to have to drink another bottle of bourbon and try that again at another date. And while we were filming, there was really no action. So there's seven or eight videos of me from my GoPro of just casting and roll casting. So those were mostly taken out of the movie. Would have been nice to have a hookup on film, so to speak. I would have loved to have an IV banana bag in the afternoons back at the lodge. We could have hung them from the deer antlers. Just to hydrate, get some potassium back in you. There's a lot of sweating going on in all those layers, and you didn't really notice it. And I don't really want to push too many fluids while I'm fishing because then i got to pee and take everything off. So there's a lot of dehydration going on up there. I felt like my face was sagging a little bit towards the end. Like my body was just drooping from the lack of water. So we were drinking as much water as we could back at the lodge, and... Because they're on well water, we've got to bring our own jugs up with us. And I can always go to the store in town. It's next to Steph's. It's 25 cents a minute for fresh spring water. But I didn't have any empty gallons with me. A hot tub would have been nice up there. I do love a good hot tub after a long day of fishing. We got one out in Colorado. And one up there in the snow would have been pretty darn good. Uh, Dirty Bill also had a story about fish slime on your hands and how if your hands hurt from fishing, it's because of fish slime. And if you put some hand sanitizer on it, it'll neutralize whatever bacteria they have on them in their slime. I hadn't heard that before, but we can discuss that and further some other time with Dirty Bill. I would have liked to have explored the river more at 350 CFS. I only fished a couple hours the last morning at 350 It would have been cool to see where the fish were, where they weren't. would have been neat to see some of the other things I was walking around at at 750 or 1600 last year. There would have been some more riffles and some more pocket water that would have opened up at 350, but I didn't have the time to be able to hang out and do that. Everything in the lodge kind of smelled like maple syrup. There was a potpourri plugged in. I'm not a big fan of the maple flavor. So having come home and all of my gear and hats and fleece all smelling like maple, and especially a synthetic maple, it's not my favorite thing in the world. 
Uh, I did find three different sets of cleats. Well, I found two cleats. Uh, Scott found one. So we're going to have some corkers. Sorry, we're going to have some corkers for the December beer tie on raffle. So if you're missing a, a corker and you get a hold of me before beer tie, I might be able to send it to you. Amount of amount of filament along the shores is still super disturbing. In the trees, there is just float bobbers hanging. And the size of some of the split shot that you pull out of the river is absolutely disgusting. I don't know what these people are thinking throwing that. I'm surprised more people don't get hurt by split shot flying around during the salmon run. Uh, it, it's it's pretty nuts that how much you can pull out in one snack. Yeah, when I catch a fish, it would be nice to hold them a little longer look at them a little longer, examine them, but it's basically hook them, net them, de-hook them, grip and grin, release them. And I try to get film and photos as much as possible when we're on fish, just so I can look back at it. At the time, I'm all hopped up on adrenaline. I clearly remember that one steelhead eating the intruder and swimming downstream, but other than it being very chromed out, I can't really tell you much about the fish. It was long and chromy. That was it. So we have to use those photos to help reinforce the memories of the trip that happened. Otherwise, uh, I may be forgetting these fish in a while. And the drive back was long and exhausting. I didn't have to pull over and sleep at all, but I definitely was was exhausted. Had a couple of ice-cold Cokes. Had to stop for some tacos on the way home. I do like a celebratory taco after a good fishing trip. And I really can't wait for driverless cars so I can sit back and nap or tie flies or read a book while my Jetsons car drives me up 81. Oh, and while I was gone, nobody fed the fish in my aquarium. So they were a little hungry and nobody watered any of the houseplants when I got back. So we've got about seven or eight dead serranos and jalapeno plants around the house. So I've had to take those out and put seedlings in them. Uh, new seeds to grow new plants. Uh, you know, we take them out of the garden and put them in plot, pots inside the house for wintertime. And then we'll put them back outside in their pots in the spring. I'm not putting them in the garden. I'll use that space for other things. But I was a little disappointed. You know, I got to clean up dead jalapeno leaves all over. The hibiscus mounts back. Jalapenos don't. So every time you touch one of these plants, trying to take it outside, to get rid of the rest of its leaves, half of its leaves just fall off like the Charlie Brown pine needles. Christmas. Battery for my waterproof digital underwater camera showed up while I was there. I ordered a new one on eBay. And uh, I think my hands would have been too cold to put the camera underwater to film. So I'm okay with that. And the Ohio State game was at uh, noon, not 7. So I missed the whole game. Our DVR was broken. The... Uh, modem or router, whatever it is now, was not sending internet information to our TV, so I was unable to DVR it from the road. So the wife said it was, it's a pretty good game. It was 56, 55 Buckeyes, and I didn't need to drive home. When I got home, my daughter was at a Harry Potter birthday, and my wife was at the gym. So I, I could have stayed and fished a little longer, but it was time. One less angler in the river means the other guys had more opportunity to swing fish. It would have been nice to hang out with them and watch them fish for a bit, but sometimes you just got to call it and drive home. So it looks like that party's been rescheduled for our house on another date, and I'm looking forward to that one. So that pretty much sums up the Salmon River 2018 trip. Wasn't the most fish-catching adventure up there, but the snow was pretty. We had good times. 
We got to try out some new gear, some new techniques. I want to thank Ayobayo for the Biltong. Shout out to Filson. I want to shout out to Dryfly. Shout out Dirty Bill. And uh, anybody else that helped us along the way, you know who you are. Thank you for the listeners. I know a lot of you were mentioning on social media you were looking forward to this podcast. So be sure to watch the movie so you can see the, the visuals to the audio that goes along with this trip. It's a 10-minute, 55-second video on YouTube. And that is it. I cannot wait for the next time I go steelhead fishing. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be awesome. The last bit of information, then breaking news, if you will. I am planning a fly fishing consultant hosted trip to a lodge in the Bahamas for bonefish. Been speaking with the lodge owner, and we're going to try and get a group going maybe early spring, late in winter. You go down to the Bahamas and catch some bonefish, do a little podcasting, and we'll try and get some fish biting on film. So if you are interested in a hosted trip led by myself, please shoot me an email, rob at robsnowwhite.com. You can easily do that through the newly revamped and designed website. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv Four in the morning, join me chef jean-paul bourgeois and the whole crew here at duck camp dinners every monday at 8 p.m eastern on waypoint tv birds up in the sky you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.